to November 2020 and there's certainly been a lot happening throughout the year even if we've had to experience some of it while under lockdown hasn't there. You might remember earlier in the year with our uh, labs events one of the big talking points was the Android versus Apple or Android versus iOS debates that we had. Now if you haven't had a chance to hear the debates that we had about those I'd highly recommend that you check back on your podcast platform or or, uh, on YouTube and have a listen to uh, some of the early live events that talked about the differences between Android and Apple. But today we're going to be talking a little bit more about the latest versions of those operating systems, iOS 14 and Android 11. Now it's not going to be such a, a big broad open debate. We don't we're hoping not to have to bring in security this time anyway. Hopefully we don't re- regret that decision. But we're going to let you know a little bit about some of the features of those two uh, operating systems, iOS 14 and Android 11. How important they are? Well, we're going to discuss some of that a little bit later on. We're also going to be covering some quick tips and some tech news a little bit later in the show. And we're going to be chatting to Petrina Finn about how the role that technology has Uh, had in her life has helped her after a diagnosis of RP at an early age. So we're going to be listening to uh, Petrina a little bit later in the show. Of course, throughout the show, we want to hear from you as well. If you have a question or a comment or you want to just give us a bit of feedback, please do get in touch by emailing labs at ncbi.ie or you can use the question and answer panel on the right uh, if you're connecting through Microsoft Teams. So you can just go to the Q&A panel there and uh, we'll get to your questions hopefully throughout this show and if not uh, we'll uh, cover that in a future show. But first up today we're continuing our regular Meet the Team piece and today we're delighted to have technology trainer Miriam Kelly joining us on the show. You're very welcome Miriam. Thank you very much Jude and thank you for having me on the live event today and hello to all your live event listeners. Great to have you with us, Miriam. So tell us um, first up, Miriam, if you would, how long have you been with NCBI and, and where are you based? Just give us an idea. Of, of well, Jude, I'm based in NCBI's head office, which is in Dublin, and I'm a member of the lab's technology team there working in the IT department. Mm. And I've been in NCBI now for nine years. Okay, so Tell us a little bit about your background, if you don't mind, maybe any sort of training or your life before NCBI. My life before NCBI, that's a good one, Jude. I'll tell you a little bit about my background. Um, Before coming to NCBI, I had my own computer training company in Drogheda and Mm. I had that for many years. Shall I share a little bit about how that came about? Please, yeah. Yeah, well, After gaining the uh, teacher's diploma in information technology, I began teaching adult education classes and delivering one-to-one training in computer applications. And this is back in the early 90s when it was relatively new and I think the Windows system was 3.1 at the time. (laughs) There's probably 20 (laughs) operating systems since then. 
<laughs> so I got the idea to set up a computer training business, and that was purely to give people the opportunity of being able to, you know, train on. It was word processing and uh, spreadsheets at that time. That's how basic it was back then. Yeah. So I did a start your own business course with the Louth County Enterprise Board. And during that course, I learned a lot, including market research, marketing, accounting and finance. But best of all, Jude, it gave me an opportunity to develop a good business plan, which I knew that I would need before I could basically present myself to the bank and look for a startup loan. So after completing that course with the Louth County Enterprise Board, my next step was to find a suitable business premises, which I did. And I wanted it ground level because I wanted it to be wheelchair accessible as well. I remember at the time calling up the Wheelchair Association and asking them what height would a desk have to be for a wheelchair? Yeah. <laughs> and they were, yeah. that will tell you now how much I knew about wheelchairs. <laughs> And uh, they were very intrigued as to what, what my call was about. So I told them anyway, I was all organized and off I went and I made an arrangement um, to have an appointment with my bank manager for the startup loan. So on the day in question, I went in with my lovely business plan. I'd yeah. worked so hard on that business plan to prevent to present it to him. Anyway, I was my little chat with him and as I was Finishing up my uh, presentation, he began shaking his head and I was going, like, oh, no, oh, no, please don't say no. And he was just shaking his head and I was going like, what? And he goes, Miriam, that idea would never work. Now, you've got to remember this is back in the early days when there wasn't yeah. that many of these places. If there was there was certainly none, you know, in, in Drogheda, that's for sure. Yeah, but I could see the potential of a computer training center back then, so I wasn't going to be that easily dismissed. Yeah. Anyway, I left the bank, Jude, and I was feeling very rejected and I was kind of loitering around outside, kind of wondering what I could do next. You know, should I go back in and say you're wrong, you're wrong? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was standing there and the next thing I see the bank manager walking out of the bank and walking off in the opposite direction. And what do you think I did? <laughs> <laughs> I snuck straight back into the bank and I asked to see your manager. Just for a minute, please. <laughs> and luckily, I was shown into an office where there was a female bank manager who I had never met before sitting behind this large desk. And I thought, oh, no. And I just wondered if she was going to be as dismissive, you know, as yeah. Mr. Bank Manager himself. Anyway, I quickly presented my idea and handed her my wonderful business plan. Nervous that Mr. Bank Manager would kind of return at any minute, you know, call security and have me turfed out onto the street. But anyway, she luckily she actually took it and read it and I nervously waited, you know. <laughs> So anyway, after reading it, she looked up and she asked me, how much would you need? And I just reiterated what was on the amount on the business plan, thinking that maybe she would ask me back and I have a further interview. And I thought, oh, this is going really well. Yeah. So I told her anyway. And so she just put her head down and she began writing. And the next thing she tore off a sheet of paper of this great big wide book that she had. And she handed me a check for the full amount there and then. Wow. And she said, the very best of luck, Miriam. I couldn't believe it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I went straight back to the premises 
signed the lease that day, ordered the computer equipment. It was from Dell and Gateway back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> Cost a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I worked very hard at that business, Jude, and it became yeah. a very successful certified computer training center. And very we nice. provided structured computer training courses. We also mm. delivered bespoke training to companies and organizations throughout Ireland, but mainly in the Northeast and Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, very so interesting. It's, yeah, it's that's, interesting that's, just, yeah, yeah, just hearing your story there, Miriam, because it kind of tells us quite a bit about you in that you've you've always had that kind of that desire to get into training. You've had the consideration for accessibility needs. You won't let obstacles get in your way. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely it's quite enlightening just hearing hearing some of the, the background there. Tell us a little bit about your role now in NCBI, Miriam. In NCBI now, well, the role that I would have as part, I'm part of the wider team, obviously, on NCBI. And so my remit would be to work on what they call the working age group in Dublin city and county and surrounding counties. So the service users of the working age group would be everybody between 18 and 65. So this would incorporate the students, the people who are at home, the people who are at work. So I would be there um, providing um, office, um, I suppose to start with assistive technology assessments, really assessing the needs of the service users, where they're at and what they need to move forward, what they need to enable them, you know, to maybe contact friends and family from home, maybe to, you know, work with other softwares within the workplace. How are they going to manage in college? What will they need for there? So it's a, it's, a, it's sort of a broad, it's a wonderful job in the sense that no two days are ever the same. So, you know yourself, you're, you're yeah. constantly trying to, you know, present the very, very best solutions going forward for all of these. And of course, with technology, it's always changing, as you know yourself, Jude, you know, yeah. just when you, yeah. you, there's no way of sitting back and getting comfortable with it. <laughs> it's Absolutely. moving all the time. And and when your work is quite um, broad, as you said there, um, there, there's a lot involved in it already. So having the the kind of new technologies um, coming up quite regularly, it's uh, it certainly would keep you engaged, wouldn't it? It's well, that's what I think. That's what I love about this job. You know, I wouldn't say you know that you could ever sit back ever. Yeah. Not that that would be my kind of personality. And, and I know most of the team, I work with an amazing team and I know that they're all of the very same kind of personalities. You know, they're, we're just, uh, we're, we're, we're computer geeks, I suppose, Jude. You know, that's the polite word for us. <laughs> this is great, Miriam. You Get know? your compliments yeah, yeah. in early before everybody else is interviewed. Yeah. Get before your compliments else calls in names. early. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> great stuff. So tell us, is there anything particular you're working on at the moment? At the moment, I'm just I'm currently providing um, it's a countrywide virtual touch typing course. So I have a lot of people from around the country. So hello to any of you that are listening and they'll tell you how I just keep the pressure on them. <laughs> but my ambition, my ambition, I think, and particularly for touch typing, I know people think, oh, this is just very basic, but actually it's the one thing that I would encourage everybody with a visual impairment to do is to, you know, to learn to touch type because you can type with your eyes closed and it just it really opens so many opportunities when you need to work with a computer system, whether you're at work or at college or at home or whatever. I know there's a ra massive range now of mainstream technologies with, you know, accessibility available for our service users. 
Excellent. Our yeah. service users were probably the guinea pigs for a lot of this technology <laughs> that the mainstream users are using, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, honestly. But I mean, thanks be thanks be to goodness that they have them because they're just they're wonderful. But yeah. anyway, back to the touch typing. I'm just I'm passionate that everybody with a vision impairment and even people who are sighted, they should all have touch typing skills. You know, it's just one of those skills. It's a great gift to give yourself, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's quite a bit of take up in that, I believe, in the there's in quite the, a bit uh, of take up. Yeah. yeah, I'm very popular, Jude. You know, I'm very popular. You have to book me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if, if somebody wants, wants to, to do involved. a touch typing course, yeah, yeah, get in touch so if, with if us. If somebody's hearing about that now on the on the live event today and they want to be involved, there's probably going to be a little bit of a wait, is there? But how can they how can they get in touch? How can they if, join that? If they get in touch with the NCBI Labs team, they can all just forward on all the requests to me and I'll deal with them and I'll get in touch with them. I don't have another date as yet. We've just started one there last week, so I don't have another date as yet. Um, but yes, if there's a demand there, I'll absolutely run another one because I'm and provided my manager is going to spare me, you know, to do this yeah. because <laughs> I only work, you know, the part of the week. And yes. so it's, it takes a lot of time out of my day, but I'm so passionate about it. And it's such a good gift. I'm also kind of looking up some of the assistive um, typing software that's out there. There's not a lot, but yeah. anyway, it's not going to be as good as me, Jude, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think on that note, Miriam, <laughs> I, think, I think we'll leave it there. But thank you very much. Good to have you on the show and hope that the typing classes continue to go really well because they are such a key kind of enabler, a key way that somebody can access technology as well. So uh, really good good idea there and thanks for joining us on the show this morning today Miriam. you're welcome and i look forward to the rest of the show jude thanks for having me again good stuff so uh so if you're if you're interested in joining one of those uh um typing courses that miriam is leading at the moment as she said they're quite popular but you can get in touch with the the labs team uh, if you'd like to join in at some point very good now moving on are you team android or are you team apple well, either way, you'll be interested to hear about the latest updates to both operating systems. Now, we have our, our usual panel with us today. We've got Sean and JP and Daniel who'll be getting involved in different parts of the show. But maybe just to start off with today, we can ask our panel a couple of questions on the iOS 14 release. Can you remind us when when was iOS 14 actually released? Sure. Hi, Jude. Yeah, so I can just remind everyone that iOS 14 was announced back in June this year at the Apple's uh, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, and it came available for public download on Wednesday, 16th of September. Okay, so what version of that? Because there's different versions, isn't there? Sometimes. Correct. Yeah, so iOS 14. The latest version is iOS 14.1, and that was released just over a week ago, on the 20th of October. Actually, Justin saw it there last night. Okay. That's what that's what that's 14.1. Yeah. 14.1. So yes. if I've got an iPhone, does it matter what iPhone I have? Am I automatically going to get iOS 14 now? Is it is my phone able for it? Yeah, yeah well, obviously it would depend on the iPhone you have. Um, iOS 14 is compatible all phones, iPhones from the iPhone 6S and later. So that actually includes the first generation iPhone SE. I know we have the second generation that was released, iPhone SE released this year, but also includes the first generation iPhone. And that actually um, happens to be all the iPhones that support iOS 13 as well. So it's an interesting point. Um, 
Yeah, so also worth pointing out though that there's certain features on iOS 14 that may not work on some of the older models of iPhone. So just to give you an example would be the new backtap feature that will only work on the iPhone 8 and, and onwards. Um, so even though you might have the latest version of iOS, uh, iOS 14 on your phone, there may be some features that may not work if it's an older, older iPhone that you have. Okay, interesting. Now you mentioned the backtap feature there, um, and that's kind of one of the things that would have an accessibility mm. um, aspect to it as well, of course. Um, so can you talk us through some of the, the other accessibility? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. I can go through some of the highlights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now just, just kind, of those, kind of think back to last year, you know, we had iOS 13 and it's several accessibility kind of improvements, enhancement there. I mean, we had things like, you know, with like accessibility, many was moved into the uh, settings, uh, higher, up, higher up in the settings app. So given a more kind of prominent position, so it was easier to find. You know, we can think back, we had a new dark mode that appeared on all the Apple's native apps. So very helpful people with glare, sensitivity. We even had things like, you know, disability teams emojis, you know, yeah. people like you for know, people with a white cane or with a guide dog. So kind of the bar was set quite high, I suppose. It was interesting to see, you know, how this stacked up iOS 14 was going to stack up against that. I don't think it failed to disappoint. I think it's been quite good. Um, so, I mean, we mentioned Backtap a moment ago. Um, mm. It's actually designed with accessibility in mind, but it could be useful for anyone, really. Um, so the idea is with Backtap, is that you can perform certain actions by a double or triple tap in the back of your phone. So these could be, for example, an accessibility feature like magnifier or, or voiceover. But also other other actions like maybe it could be launching app switcher or even taking a screenshot. Yeah. You know, think about some examples where it could be useful. Uh, maybe someone with low vision, they could double tap the back of their phone to turn on magnifier. Maybe they'll triple tap it to turn on the flashlight. Um, maybe for someone with voiceover, double tap the back of the phone and we can enable voiceover, double tap it obviously to turn it off. Yeah. But also worth mentioning with, with, with Backtap, what we're finding, a lot of people are finding useful is that the options, available options with Backtap can be expanded when we consider that Backtap can be set up to launch shortcuts on your iPhone too. So for example, apps such as maybe Sing AI or, or Be My Eyes could be launched with a double or a triple Backtap on your phone. Yes. So yeah, it's worth yeah. pointing that out as well. So tell me something with the, with the Backtap um, feature. Is that something, is there kind of a particular part of the back of the phone or is it the whole back of the phone? So yeah, it doesn't it, have to... Okay. The back of the phone, and it's it's worth pointing out that if you have a protective case on the iPhone, people always say, "Oh, this I have a case, it's not going to work." But it actually does work. So it's the back of the phone. Interesting. Um, yeah. Double tap. Okay, so yeah. that's that's very good. Any other features that have kind of the accessibility uh, side? A couple, couple of other features. Some of the highlights, and I say there are several, so we won't go through them all. But some of the other features, mm. uh, notable ones were vo voiceover recognition. So. Obviously, we're all very familiar with VoiceOver, the, the screen reader on your iPhone. Um, it did receive a very big update in iOS 14 in the form of VoiceOver recognition. This was the idea with this is that you can get descriptions of images or screen elements on web pages and in apps that, for example, may not be as accessible as they could be. Um, so there's a few different features in VoiceOver recognition that you can enable in the settings. So if you go into your settings and go to VoiceOver and then VoiceOver recognition, you can, you can enable them there. And these will be image description. 
so it's actually a case where you get your phone to speak descriptions of images and apps and on the web. Um, there's text recognition where your phone will speak descriptions of text and then images. And then it's also screen recognition. So all these can be enabled um, in the voiceover settings. So with screen recognition, you can have your phone automatically make apps more accessible where it'll actually recognize items on the screen. So I know in a previous live event we were talking about how we could add a custom label with voiceover, but this actually is, is better again because the screen recognition feature will actually identify it for you. Excellent. Nice feature. Yeah. And mm. is that very effective? Is it very reliable? Yeah, feedback has been good. One thing people have, have said is that maybe the, the sound that it makes, you have the option to, to change what's called a feedback style. So it can play a sound or it can speak, but they actually have the option as well to, to set it to do nothing. So if, if voiceover recognition is is put into action, so to speak, uh, rather than play a sound or you know have, have it, your phone speak to tell you it's working, you can just have it do nothing and it looks read at the, for example, the, the element on the screen. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like it's quite good so far. Yeah, very good. So that's all under the kind of the recognition aspect. Mm. Um, was there any other developments there with yeah, accessibility? There, another big one was the changes to the uh, magnifier feature. Um, so a lot of people are using magnifier on their on their iPhone, um, particularly people who have low vision find, would find it useful. It has been around a, a number of years. Magnifier, I think, it was at least in iOS ten, but. <laughs> Um, have been some significant changes to it this year. Um, so for starters, the uh, interf uh, interface is being completely um, uh, enhanced. So we have uh, options for adjusting the brightness, uh, contrast, and adding a filter. And just change what's being magnified to a color so it becomes easier to see. Um, it's possible now to rearrange all the controls to kind of customize it to your needs if, if you wish. It also includes a new multi-shot option as well so you can take several pictures at a time and then you can place them all up against each other so it could be useful if you're capturing for example different pages of a, of a menu or that kind of thing or a leaflet. Um, and then the other thing with, uh, with a magnifier this year is that it actually gets its own app so you can actually add the magnifier app to the home screen if you if you want so it's obviously just going to show how pop popular this this feature is that they've actually made, uh, created an app for it and in once to that they can just go into the app library uh, search for magnifier and then drag it over onto for example the home screen or wherever they want to add it excellent so yeah. there's some um some great things from mm. an accessibility point of view but obviously it's not all just about accessibility there's plenty of other features that yeah. will have an impact on how uh, we use the the phone so any yeah. other features that are particularly sure. go, go to a few a few other features that were added yeah um i said the first thing i suppose to point out is that the the iphone like the home screen on the iphone iOS 14, it does look very different to a previous versions. So really to sum it up, it, it does offer a lot more kind of uh, potential by kind of customizing, so cost, kind of customization. So for starters, uh, big changes to the home screen uh, came with the addition of uh, widgets. So now we can add widgets to the home screen. Mm. See they've been available on Android phones for a long time, but now Apple have brought them uh, into, into iOS. Apple so, are catching up a bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they were, they were long awaited. So. Uh, some people are enjoying the. I, sh I shouldn't be starting anything here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nice, nice feature. Um, so just, just to remind anyone, uh, the home screen widgets are like large, kind of dynamic. They're like icons, dynamic icons that display, update, update. Like you know, it could be weather 
headlines, that kind of thing, or even things like you know your step count if you're if you're tracking your steps during the day. Um, there's a new widget gallery, so you can actually go into your widget gallery and you can see you can set what app what widgets you want on, on your home screen. And there's also a smart stack widget which will show kind of relevant app space in the time of day. So for example, you could have a widget um, displaying, for example, headlines during the day, and maybe at night, you could turn to maybe a podcast that you're listening to, you know, sometime in the evening or at night time. So it's a nice feature. Um, I also mentioned earlier briefly the app library. Uh, a lot of people find this useful. Um, so it gives you kind of a, a new kind of a very kind of efficient way to organize all your apps. So whereas in the past, you may have needed to scroll through a lot of pages on your iPhone to find an app that you're looking for, find an app that you want. Now you're going to swipe all the way over to the right on your iPhone to access the app library. Um, and here all your apps are automatically categorized into uh, categories like just entertainment, there's health and fitness, social ones like for Facebook and so on, that is productivity and finance. Um, and as well as this, what you can do is app library. You can scroll to all your installed apps that are listed in alphabetical order. Uh, so I mentioned, for example, the magnifier app earlier. So if you go over to the app library, you can scroll through the culture list in alphabetical order, or what you can go do is go to the search box at the top of, of the list and search for the app that you're looking for. So it's a really kind of nice way that Apple have managed to kind of clean up the, the iPhone's home screen. Yeah, that sounds really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So tell me something. I know there's one or two other features as well, yes. but just to think about um, what we can expect to be coming from the next version of iOS. We we already know some of what, what to expect from that. Yeah. Okay. So there is a very kind of exciting development happening um, at the moment. It's going to be iOS 14.2 is going to be released, I think, and hopefully in the start of November. Um, mm. Now, released with this will be a new people detection feature, which will be available um, on the Magnifier app. So the people detection is coming to the Magnifier app. And how this is going to work uh, is that it's going to use uh, LiDAR to more or less let people determine, OK, well, how far they're away from another person. Now, important to note that this feature is only going to be available on LiDAR equipped devices. And right now, this is the iPhone 12 Pro, the iPhone 12 okay. Pro Max, and, yeah. the iPhone, and actually the iPhone. Uh, iPad Pro as well, the, the, this year's iPad, 20, the 2020 iPad Pro. Um, so it won't be available on all devices. Um, just a bit of information about LiDAR. Uh, I know we, we did briefly talk about it in a previous live event. Yeah. It stands for Light Detection Ranging. Um, essentially, it's a way of measuring distances. So it throws out, your camera will throw out light in the form of like laser pulses at an object that tracks how long it takes for those pulses to come back. Uh, and doing this, it works at the distance, you know, between two objects. It's actually the technology behind devices like the robot vacuum, uh, yes, even yes. some self-driving cars that have been developed too. It can work indoors and outdoors, but it doesn't work in pitch darkness. Right. Um, so the idea with this that a people detection feature, it can uh, feature features in the I say the magnifier app. Uh, let someone make you know, be aware of the distance between themselves and um, another person. So you know, think about use cases like this. So maybe if someone wants to know if if another person's approaching them, if they're out walking, if maybe someone's on a train or a bus, wants to see if there's an em empty seats available, or even things like following kind of social distance requirements. You know, uh, right now, and you know, if, if they're in a, a, a checkout line at a shop, yeah, make sure they're maintaining kind of social distancing. Uh, so distance 
licensing requirements there. Yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah, okay. Nice um, and uh, just a, a question that's come in there is, is the app library feature available on the iPhone 7 um, with iOS 14? Point one yeah, already be. installed. It will be. If it's iOS 14, the app library is there and yeah. all their apps will be categorized into those categories I mentioned earlier. Yeah, so it is there. So, you, so you can just sort of swipe swipe all the way to the right. All the way to the right, yeah, and there's yeah. the app library. Yeah. Perfect. Another, there, another handy feature um, just to mention there is in the control center uh, in your settings, you can switch on the um, the magnifier. So when you when your phone is locked and you just swipe up, you know, like um, you swipe up now to access the torch and all that, you can actually now access the magnifier directly from there. So it's a really handy shortcut to have as well. Uh, quite handy to have maybe on the 6s and the 7s, I suppose, without the back tap feature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very yeah, good. Excellent. So a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things happening with iOS 14. Would there be any kind of when we're talking about the latest in Apple devices and in even in the operating systems and things like that. Is there any particular kind of limitations that people might just want to keep in mind if they're thinking, oh, this all sounds great. I'm going for that. Certainly with the with the um, kind of coming out with, with LiDAR, it's only going to be available on the iPhone 12 Pro, let's say mm -hmm. 12 Pro Max, and this year's iPad Pro. So that is a big limitation. Um, yeah. But I think it, it will be an interesting addition uh, coming yeah. to, to iOS 14. But yeah, there are limitations there, you know, so yeah. yeah. Mm. Hardware-wise, there can be kind of limitations at times as well, can't there? Because um, repair and things like that can be quite. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Sean is actually, yeah, he, he, he we looking to talk about that earlier. Actually, yeah, about mm. limitations uh, there, Sean. So yeah, the the like things like changing parts in the phone, they're they're actually digitally signed to the phone itself. So if you crack the screen and you put a new screen on it things wouldn't work correctly or if the camera was replaced, the camera wouldn't work correctly. You have to go to an Apple shop to get these things fixed okay. and, to get new, and to get the new parts signed to the motherboard within the phone or else it won't work correctly. Yes. I've even seen people taking apart two brand new uh, iPhone 12s and swapping official parts and it still won't work because each part is digitally signed to that particular phone. So that's kind of Apple, like they would prefer if all repairs were done in their own shops and then there's the right to repair movement but people want to repair their own device so that's yeah. always up for that's always up for debate but just be aware if a part is broken you can't bring the new iphone 12 to like a one of the shops like a, it may be a local shop it has to be an official apple shop yeah very good so it's it's there's quite a lot in that um when we're talking about is 14 and apple devices we know they're they're excellent and a lot of the features are so good um but it's always useful just to have all the information if, if it yes. is something somebody's going to make a big investment on absolutely yeah, yeah very good so so let's have a think about the other side of the debate then i suppose um <laughs> finally <laughs> not that we're too interested in opening up the argument again but uh let's let's have a think about android now, I believe Android 11 had an awful lot of those features already, didn't they? Well, I, think, I, think, I think those features are there since the first version of Android. Because <laughs> <laughs> the... So, the like, so the, when we're talking about Android 11, we're talking about uh, many, many iterations past that. But has Android 11 actually been released yet? 
Android 11's released since uh, early September on its own Pixel phones. Okay. So uh, the Google Pixel phone will always get the first release of a new version of, of the operating system. Other manufacturers, then it's up to themselves when, when they port the operating system onto their own hardware or even if they'll do it at all some some phones they drop support after a couple of operating systems and it just leaves it on whatever it is so okay. there's always so, a bit of research so i could have an android phone and it might even be a fairly new android phone but i won't necessarily get through the android 11. no um what what uh, the manufacturer might guarantee you get support and operating on, on, on certain operating systems so they might you know bring you as far as 10 and then they'll drop support for that and then under new devices you know uh, if it's a brand new one and still on 10 that'll probably go to 11 but it's entirely up to the to the manufacturers that's out of google and android's hands okay yeah so that's that's kind of quite important as well so if somebody is going to get an android device it's useful to know which operating system particularly when we're thinking about some of the the new features and accessibility improvements that are with Android 11. Um, can you talk us through one or two of those new features? Yeah, accessibility wise, um, new features like I know we spoke about uh, Lookout before and that's comparative to seeing AI. So it's uh, an artificial intelligence scanner which is going to use OCR to read documents and you can, it can describe situations in rooms and things like that. But it's all at early stages. Yes. Uh, and that actually works internally on the phone rather than being sent over to, uh, you know, uh, a cloud computer like seeing AI would do. So it's all done internally on the phone for people who are concerned about that. Okay. Um, it's always good to use these things and give feedback, like we always say. And I think Lookout is a bit rough around the edges at the minute and can certainly be improved with uh, feedback. Yeah. OK. And anything else with the, the Android 11 that we can expect? Yeah, they're, well, they're, they're kind of pushing the tactile Braille keyboards so to, like uh, as an input method, so you can activate that on the phones. They've had things like that in the past, but they're claiming now this one's better. So we will have to try that there. And not in terms of visual uh, accessibility, but to have added uh, live captioning. So for people with hearing loss um, and they can't hear what's in a video, it will automatically put captions into that video. And to save it live transcribe as you speak, you can open the live transcribe app, which will put into text what you're saying. And we were hoping in the past that maybe that would become useful for people who use uh, Braille devices connected to their phones. Yeah. But uh, the refresh rate, like the, the, the as people talk, the Braille has to refresh a lot, so it's yes. very hard. To, it's very hard to keep up with the conversation. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not beyond the realms if you, if you read fast. But I mean, that's available, um, and it could come in useful for us in the future. And another major release is they've probably been working on this four or five years. Um, is voice access, and that's for people who don't have. You know, they might have use of their limbs, uh, they could be paralyzed or for whatever reason, they could have tremors and they can't touch the screen. Every part of the screen or every location on an app is giving a number and you can say that number and it's pressing that part of the screen. So while that's not entirely useful for us, it's worth knowing in case you have any friends out there who maybe had an accident and maybe they haven't got use of certain limbs yeah. to let them know that you know you can access all parts of a phone now with voice access with speech 
Yeah, very good. And I think it's useful to know sometimes as well, even if it's not something that individually a person might might use themselves, to know that the manufacturers are actually really delving into some of these things, trying to find ways around things that maybe we we might have thought, oh, well, there's oh. not another way to do that. It's it's interesting anytime we see one of these developments. Absolutely, because there's a sound amplifier also. I, I know iPhone of something similar. So you can place this in the middle of a room if you have hearing difficulties and it's amp it's acting as a room listener. So even if you're at a meeting, you could put it in the middle of the meeting and the sound is going to go to like your AirPods or your wireless earphones and it kind of acts a bit like a, a hearing aid or a room listener. So some mm. with dual sentry lost that is very, a very, very useful feature on both devices. Yeah, very good. So just one final question just about the Android 11. Um, is that going to work if if I've got like a, a 5G phone, there's not going to be any issues or anything with that? Sir? No, no, uh, Android um, 11 will work with 5G. So that's depending on if your phone has 5G or not. OK. Um, but uh, it also depends if your area has 5G, but uh, the operating system is built to work with 5G devices. Yeah. Very good. So plenty of um, good uh, new features on both iOS and Android. And uh, we certainly want to encourage people, if, if you've already um, started using these uh, operating systems and you've got any feedback to give us, we'd love to hear from you. So please do uh, get in touch. You can use the question and answer panel on the right hand side if the if the show is ongoing. But either way, we'd love to hear from you and you can uh, email us at labs at ncbi.ie uh, if uh, if you've got access to email as well. So very good, interesting, interesting piece and interesting news to hear about. So now we're going to move on with the show a little bit. And just before we go into our seeing it your way piece this week, we're actually just going to take a couple of minutes to talk about some quick tips. Now, we've done this before to some degree on some of our live events, but we're going to be bringing this in maybe a little bit more regularly on our future shows. And the idea is that we're just going to share sort of little snippets of information that you might find useful. Maybe things that we don't have included in the bigger pieces on the show. Uh, maybe just very short, short little tips. So just to give you a taste of how that's going to work, maybe we can go back to Sean, first of all, for our first tip of the week. What's your first tip of the week, Sean? Well, I know I know a lot of people know this already, but I know a few people I've spoken in the past weren't aware of this. It's just basically uh, a feature that will copy to the clipboard the last thing that VoiceOver has said. So the last element you've swiped to and whatever's read last, if we take three fingers and tap four times, that's copy to the clipboard. Board. And then the next time we navigate to an edit box and we turn the rotor to edit, we can swipe up to paste and double tap and it will paste that um, bit of information from the clipboard into that edit field. Excellent. And the only, only caveat with that is some people will have Zoom turned on as well as VoiceOver. And mm -hmm. because Zoom shares a lot of the same shortcuts, if Zoom is turned on, you'd have to tap three fingers five times. So okay. I won't, it won't affect everyone, but it definitely affects us in demonstrations because we'd often have both features turned on at the same time. So it's it's normally yeah. three fingers four times to copy the last thing that's said by VoiceOver to the, the clipboard. 
That's a great tip. Okay, thanks, Sean. Um, very good. And I believe uh, Daniel, you've a bit of news for us as well. It's not quite the quite the same sort of um, quick tip as such, but a bit of interesting news as well. Yeah, interesting news. Just um, I suppose while while the guys were talking earlier about the new iOS fourteen and uh, new Android eleven coming on stream, that mm. um, Microsoft have uh, released their second half of twenty twenty their update, and it was rumors going around that the control panel had um, had got the axe, but not quite. It's the system information panel that's in the control panel has now got the axe. I guess it's um, started, I suppose, way back in Windows 8. Microsoft have been gradually chipping away at the traditional control panel that we that we were probably all familiar with since going back to uh, yeah. Windows 95. So it's, it is gradually being chipped away, but um, there was a rumor going around the web at that control panel had totally got the axe. It hasn't. But um, I suppose it's a sign of, of things to come in that regard. Now, uh, Windows 10 H2, they're calling it, they've changed it. Um, they used to go with four digit uh, number based on the year and the month that the mm -hmm. Windows 10 update came in. Now they're just switching that over to going a half. Uh, you know, you'll have two, obviously, for 2020, H2 being the second half. Okay. 2020. So they're they're continuing with their biannually major updates, and um, I suppose the way Microsoft plan these updates is just one major update every year, and then kind of a a culmination update. You know that follows that usually, and. Uh, the version 2004, which would have been April 2004, had, had real big improvements for accessibility features. So I suppose it's like the um, the budget update from the government. You know, there's no goodies uh, being handed out in this release. Yeah. Um, yeah. No changes as such really to anything in the accessibility center. The only thing that might interest some people is the refresh rate can be um, altered on your on your graphics card in, in the control panel. That might be of interest to somebody. Uh, Open that will probably uh, ask your machine to consume a little bit more power, but you the trade off then is getting smoother video and things like that. So that just might be of an interest to a couple of people out there. But as I said, most of the things that are in this update are security updates, little bug fixes. Um, there's not no real goodies for the um, accessibility, uh, you know, features this time around. So we'll yeah. hold off till 2021. Well, cheers for keeping us updated with that as well, because it's useful to to know if we're kind of expecting new releases from time to time. Even if there's not something of interest there, it's good for us to know what what uh, what has been included and what hasn't. So appreciate that. So thanks very much to Sean and Daniel and JP for uh, those sections there. And obviously we're going to be hearing more quick tips from the, the team next week. And uh, if you have any specific platform that you, you'd like to hear some quick tips for, then please do again get in touch. Let us know which platforms you're you're using, what you'd like to hear a bit more information about, and we'll try and bring you the tips that'll be most useful to you. But now we're going to move on to our seeing it your way piece. And this week we're going to hear from someone who has experienced how technology has been able to help her through education, through employment and in her inner social life as well. This week's guest is Petrina Finn. So let's listen to this week's Seeing It Your Way. So this week we're delighted to have Petrina Finn with us for our Seeing It Your Way piece. You're very welcome, Petrina. Thank you very much, Jude. So Petrina, maybe you can just give us a little bit of your your background. Tell us a little bit about your story. 
Right, well, I'm Katrina and I'm 52 years of age um, now and I was diagnosed with RP when I was six years of age. Um, at the time, my parents were told I'd be blind by the time I was 20. Um, so I was sent to St Mary's School for Visually Impaired Girls in Merion when I was 10 and I went and completed my leaving cert there. Um, when I was in school in Dublin, like I was a boarder um, and I went home at weekends. The main thing I learned there was Braille. Um, so I went to college in London then when I was 19. Um, and I studied physiotherapy and I worked in Liverpool for about two years and I came home then um, and then I started working in Louth. Um, I got a permanent job there and I stayed in that particular job in different roles um, with the St John of Gods for about 26 years. I worked full time uh, up till we'd say my second child was born and then I worked like a four day week so I've always worked until last year I always worked my eyesight would have got worse sort of um, gradually but I wouldn't have no I would have noticed it maybe if I went somewhere that I hadn't been for maybe a year or two and I go oh god I used to be able to see that and you know sort yeah. of for yeah. like then I was starting to get you know sort of um not doing things like I would have had night blindness and when the kids were small I wouldn't have gone out at night with the kids but I would have just worked my life around that do you know so yeah I sort of didn't really realize how my eyesight was impacting me do you know till sort of one yeah. day I stopped and looked I had a significant deterioration in 2005 following surgery um, now it was routine surgery but just a couple of weeks later I had a significant deterioration um, which was quite traumatic to be honest with you yeah, um, sure. so I had my eyesight obviously must have been getting a little bit worse because I had organised to go down to the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind to learn cane training for a week um, yeah. so I went off and I did that um, but I still sort of was in a bit of denial about my eyesight you know sort of um, I came home after now bear in mind with three young children and I went off for a week's holiday down to Cork, basically, you know, sort of, um, and I came home and I promptly put the, folded the stick up and put it in my handbag and uh, that's where it stayed for a little while, you know, much to my husband's disgust, like, you know, sort of, yeah. um, but then I started, you know, sort of taking it out and I wouldn't use it on the street, I wouldn't use it in familiar surroundings, we'd say, like, you know, like my own town, but I'd use it in Dublin, no bother, do you know that way? Yes, so, yeah. Um, I adapted to it, I went down in the March, um, I really didn't use the cane and I didn't find it that useful um, yeah. because I I think I thought I'd be, I'd use the cane and everything would be magically rosy in the garden, do you know, yeah. sort of, um, it wasn't a magic wand, do you know, sort of, yeah, um, yeah. that I thought it was going to be. So then I decided to get a guide dog and I got a guide dog fairly quickly afterwards. Um, so then that was the turning point. I mean, I just thought the guide dog was just absolutely fabulous. Um, I couldn't get over how much freedom I had with the guide dog, how easy 
you know, how confident I felt walking, how, um, like, I didn't realise, like, my posture even, you know, and as a physiotherapist, you think I would have known, but my posture had gone right down, do you know, sort of when I was yes. Cane or walking without the cane because I was so scared of falling or whatever. Yeah. To be able to get out independently on my own and stop yeah. the ground. And what I had to say and what I didn't have to say, and by the time I came home, it was all out in my system. Yeah. So grand. Yeah. Um, oh, very good. So, so that's really interesting. So you were using, at this stage, the cane, you had the guide dog. Now, just bring us up to date a little bit more now. Um, last year, I believe you had another bit of a, a kind of a setback. Yes, I did. So then it's sort of my eyesight would have stayed stable for for you know, gradually went back to sort of gradual sort of, but last year, well, actually 2018 we had the fly here in Drogheda and then 2019 we had the fly here, here in Drogheda as well. But I noticed a huge difference in my eyesight and how I was able to get managed to get around in crowds and, you know, recognise people and sort of stuff like that. I, you know, sort of, I yeah. could see a huge difference in it. And in 2018, my consultant had said, look, your eyesight is getting worse. But, uh, and he said, did you ever think of taking early retirement? And I was like, go, is he for real? Like, do you know, sort of, yeah. you have a mortgage in that, like as well, yeah, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I sort of, but I, I mean, in hindsight, it stuck my head in the sand, do you know, sort of, and uh, so in 2019, I was, uh, the flower was on, and it's, oh my God, yeah, my eyesight really has got worse, do you know? Yeah. And then I was finding work quite difficult. I travelled a lot with work, um, and I, I travelled a lot, I did a lot of home visits, I did a lot of things. Now there was reasonable accommodation put in place for me and people, the, my colleagues and that were very mindful of my visual impairment and we, you know, we'd tactics ourselves, we put it that way, you know, sort of that, you know, sort of we would have used in the workplace. And, um, but uh, I just found it was just getting too difficult. And I was up with the consultant again, he mentioned retiring. By this time I'd done my homework, you know, sort of from, from a financial point of view from me, from me pension. And um, I decided that it was just too dangerous for me to work really. Um, so I uh, took early retirement on sick grounds. So tell us a bit then, just kind of moving towards um, technology. Have you always been a bit of a techie? Have you got a kind Not of a bit of... Not at all. Necessity is the mother of invention. I only learned a bit I need to, to use and that would be that, you know, sort of. Yeah. Sort of got dragged and kicking into the... I mean, I used to lecture in, in, in college and it took me... It, you know, the way years ago, maybe in the 90s, you'd have acetates that you'd put up in a projector yes. and the, you know, it took me years to get past that, you know. <laughs> and I came in one day all delighted with myself with a floppy disk and your man said... Oh God, I haven't seen one. It's usually, you know, the the, <laughs> the memory sticks weak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going yeah. like, oh my so God. Technology and so you wouldn't have been the best of friends. No, no. And I mean, <laughs> I learned it for work and I, and, you know, sort of like used it as much as whatever. What I did do though, in regards to technology, when my eyesight in about 2005, I went off and I learned, I did, because I hadn't any, the ICDL done at all. Um, um, 
I did the well, just called the ECDL at the time. I did the ECDL um, up in Finglas with a girl called Paula, with Paula Darrington and Gus Darrington, and I basically learned it through Jaws. Do you know? Yes. So yeah. even though. I could still see the screen and use the screen. I used the screen. I learned how to use the screen reader, and it was if I had any advice for anybody, that would be that: go and get your technology, you know, sort of before you actually are forced to have to use it. Do you know, so yes, that you can yeah. become familiar with it. So that was great course. That was brilliant. I went off and did like a postgrad after doing that, and I wouldn't have been able to do my postgrad without having that level of of technology. Do you know, sort of. Yeah. Um, like so yeah so so that was the the first bit of technology the second bit of technology which i found brilliant again in 2005 was the speech on your phone for reading texts oh my god that was like a door opened into happiness for me do you know sort of um like because what was happening was now at the old nokia phone you know sort of gone back years again years ago when it was like the, the screen was like pages do you know sort of like do you know sort of and i am um, i i used to be there trying to read do you know sort of the script and i couldn't read the text do you know and if somebody yeah. sent me a joke I'd, I'd lose the joke halfway through because i'd just get tired of reading do you know so yeah, the whole yeah. thing would so I, I used to be often then just saying to my daughter who was 12 at the time here just read that text will you so yeah. I got the, the speech on at the time you had to go and like, you know, it's not like nowadays that it's in built in the phone. You had to go and get yeah. put specially on a particular phone. So I went off and did all that and God, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Like, you know, sort of being able to read text, send texts, you know, sort of um yeah, so the the, the the voiceover on the phone and now I have an iPhone with the voiceover on it and it's just I couldn't be with I actually couldn't be without it to be honest with you do you know yeah yeah so that that's the two and again but again I used them before I read again like the jaws I learned how to use it before I really had to use it do you know that yeah. way um, yeah which sort of stood you in good stead then oh yeah yeah because yeah. then when I actually did it was fine I, I wasn't having to you know having to learn a new skill you know so yeah, um, yeah. so that Absolutely. was that um it, it's incredible actually just just as you're talking there just to think of like the fact that you were using jaws quite a bit you were using um the speech on mobile phones quite a bit and this has gone back quite a way so e even though a lot of the technology we have now has refined that a lot and there's of course newer things as well those are still massive parts of accessible technology and oh, yeah. uh, they've been there for a good one yeah yeah you know sort of because i actually remember being up in the national council of the blind around 2006 or seven and with somebody who was in the technology department and there was a student with her and then um, she was saying what does the speech mean to you and i was saying just it's opened a whole new world do you know sort of to, it's just do you know and brought me up to speed with the with me peers do you know sort yeah. of like i mean because everybody else was texting so i had to learn it i should be in text do you know sort of yeah. um and that's how and i mean i have a group of friends and the only way we sort of communicate is through whatsapp do you know sort of texting one another so 
I'd be lost, do you know, if I didn't yeah. have that, do you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, so, the social implications of it. It's not even just the educational or the, 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 the independence. It's a social sort of yeah. thing as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, with um, something like a smartphone now, um, just the fact that it can talk to you is a, is a big part of it. But has there been any particular apps that you've found very useful, anything that you've tried? To, well, Be My Eyes app is great. Um, I downloaded that there last year. I only found out about it, like, around this time last year, I only found out about it to be my eyes app. So that's where there's volunteers um, on the other end of a phone that, like, if you ring up, you can ask them a certain question or whatever. So, for instance, the other day, I have, uh, because I take medication every day, but one of the... One of the pallets, is that what you call it? You know, the blister packs had fallen out yes. of the box into the bag. And I didn't yeah. know, which, I had to take one of one and two of another. So I didn't know which one it was. Um, yeah. Now, I have a magnifier and I put it downstairs, got me a magnifier and scrutinised the thing. And after a few minutes, found out which one it was. Um, but I just said to myself, oh, God, do you know what? I'll do that be my eyes. So I rang up, I held up the, the I've held up the phone, uh, I held up the, the, the blister pack in front of the phone so she could read, you know, the back of the, the, the blister pack. And I said, uh, could you tell me what that medication is? And she said, it's X, X, Y, and Z. And I said, that's brilliant. Thanks very much. And like within a matter of seconds, I didn't even have to get me bum off the bed, you know, sort of thing. Another time I dropped my phone um, and it was on silent. Um, oh no, it must have been dead actually, because it wasn't vibrating either. I tried to ring it from my landline, couldn't find it, cause you know, sort of, and I knew it was up in the bedroom. Do you know, I just knew it was there. So I got my iPad and I rang the Be My Eyes and I went around the room sort of strategically left to right. Yes. And then she said, um, just hoping that there was no filth on the floor or something. <laughs> that was sort of semi-clean, you know. And, uh, you know, sort of, and I went around the room and then she said, stop. And I went stop and she said it's actually underneath that bag, do you know, sort of yes. and it had slid underneath about you know, underneath so I had a bag of clothes sitting there and it slid underneath there. So funny story about the be my eyes is I Chantelle up in the National Council of the Blind told me about it and I said, Oh god, when I go home and download that, God, that sounds a great app. And I left the National Council of the Blind. I went up to Drumcondra and was standing waiting on my bus. And this girl came and said to me, what bus number are you waiting on? And I said, no, I'm waiting on a coach, do you know? And she said, yeah. did you ever hear of the Be My Eyes app? She said, I'm a volunteer, she said. And I said, you wouldn't believe it. I only heard about it today. Yeah. And so that was mad. So then I went home and I was telling my daughter, who's 28, and she says, oh, I'll sign up for that. So she signed up. I was, as she was signing up as a volunteer, I was signing up as a user. Do you know, and um, this they must send her an email and said it'll be a month before you get a call or whatever. And so she just thought oh, that's grand. The next morning she came down and she said, Oh my god, man, she said, It's mad. She said, This girl rang me from London. Yeah, she said, I got my first call, would be my eyes. This girl was in Houston Station in London and was saying, What platform is the train going to? 
Essex, we'd say, or whatever. And she was holding up her phone and my daughter said, just move over to the right slightly. And she said, it's on platform four. And you went, thanks very much. And all she went. So yeah, mad. Yeah. It's it's brilliant app. So that's yeah. a good one. I'm just trying to look to see what else I have on my phone here. Um, oh, I joined the NCBI library this the, last week or the week before. And yeah. oh my God, I am in my element. Um, <laughs> my, my next purchase in life is going to be, you know, those bone, uh, one of the, the, the lads was telling me about them, the bone conductors, earphones oh, you yeah, put yeah, behind yeah, your ears, yeah. so yeah. that at least you can still hear here and you can hear that, you know. Yeah. So they're going to be my next purchase. Um, and then recently, as in last week, I only brought an Amazon Fire Stick, which has audio description on a lot of, yeah, audio description is absolutely, mine even watch, like, do you know new DVDs and that that come out, um, they all have audio description, and like, if we're watching a film together, we'd have the, mine even would put the audio description on, I don't have to be there, do you know that way, sort of, yeah, it's, it, they, they like it so much, do you know, um, yeah. it's brilliant, brilliant, because like, you miss so much, do you know, sort of, um, nuances, do you know, sort of, yeah, or somebody yeah. comes into the room on the telly and you're going, who's that? You know, they're going, shh, everybody else, shh, you're missing the point, man. Yeah. You know, sort of, um, and what else? And I've gone to audio descriptive uh, plays, we'd say, like, in uh, the Gaiety or in the, um, what's that one called? The Board Gosh. I went to Les Mis, yeah. audio described in the Board Gosh there last year. Yeah, Fantastic. Yeah. Do you know, sort of. Um, we went over to Hamilton in London. Yeah. And see, and I seen that audio described. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So. It's really interesting just hearing from you, Patrina. Um, just as you said earlier, you weren't really into technology, and yet at this point, technology is kind of all pervasive, and it's doing so much for you. Yeah, yeah, like you know, sort of. Um, as I said, I'd be selective, you know, sort of in what yeah. I. And what I, I only use what I need to use, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have um even the thing Siri on your phone, like that's just brilliant as well, you know, sort of yeah. um yeah, so technology, but it is, it's brilliant. Even like I have now, I have to purchase um, a weighing scales, like a kitchen weighing scales, talking kitchen weighing scales. Um, yeah. But I have a bathroom talking weighing scales. And that's great, mm -hmm. you know, I can weigh myself in the privacy of my bathroom and nobody knows <laughs> what weight I am, you know, which just, which yeah. would be, do you know, so I know I'm making a lot yeah, yeah. of yeah. I don't want anyone else knowing me weight. Thanks very yeah, much. Exactly. I don't want yeah. to stand on weighing scales and say to one of my kids, "What way am I there?" Yeah. You know, sort of thing. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's... It's, it's it's a good point. It's it's interesting just hearing all of those different elements of technology. If you were to kind of step back from that a little bit now, and and just as opposed to the specifics of technology, if you were to describe the overall effect that using these pieces of accessible technology has had on your your general life how would you describe that effect um just it's just maintained my independence and kept me it's kept me um independent it's as i said like you know i can read my own weight myself now um i can you know use the phone you, do you know that way I don't have to be shown off in yeah. text to other people so it's kept like 
I like my privacy, do you know, I like my privacy even among my own family, let alone, you know, outsiders, do you know. Um, yeah. So it's kept me having me privacy at the level I want to have it as opposed to having to have it, if that makes sense. It's yeah. also kept me on a par with my peers. And I'm talking about sighted peers, do you know, my colleagues, my friends, do you know, sort of. Um, it's kept me on a pair. As I said, you know, there's one group of us that, that, you know, we mainly sort of, we meet up every three or four months. We used to work together, and but we mainly communicate via WhatsApp. And if I couldn't read texts, and some of them texts aren't for other people to read, if I couldn't read texts, yeah. I'd be completely out of that loop. So I'd be completely socially isolated from those, do you know? Yes. So it's, yeah. it's kept that sort of level. As I said, the JAWS and the computer and learning the ECDL and that, I was able to go off and do a postgrad. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do that without, because when I studied first, when I first qualified as a physio in 1990, all of your work was sort of, transcript, you know, is written yeah. up on a on a, a typewriter, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. whereas uh, then by the time I went back to my postgrad in twenty two thousand eight Everything was Dropbox, everything was emailed off, everything was, you know, research and Google Scholar and all of that. I wouldn't have been able to do that without the um the 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 technology that's around, you know. Yeah. But therefore my job prospects would have been limited. Um, yes. Yeah. The other thing I was saying to you about earlier on was about Braille, uh, that I learned, I also learned typing when I was in Marion, um, which is great, like, because I actually see colleagues and friends who still type with one finger and I just to be looking yeah. at them going, oh my God, that's mad. Um, yeah. The the iPhone now, you can enable it to, to Braille. So you can use the, the screen as a Braille, you know, as a... Um, screen away mode and it's a braille machine, do you know, so, so six mm -hmm. dots for the braille. So I actually, I used to dictate some of my texts, but um, the iPhone, Siri couldn't really understand me loud accent, do you know, so um, <laughs> sometimes it picks up funny things, do you know, so to say funny things, and then you'd yeah. be listening back to the technical and go, sick, <laughs> do it again. Whereas now I do, I, I actually type out most of my stuff through Braille now, do you know, and I have it done in a matter of minutes, do you know, and you can do yeah, it discreetly yeah. with the Braille. Well, I can have it sitting under the table <laughs> and I can Braille away, do you know, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And if I have, you know, my earphone, do you know, sort of just one yeah, earphone yeah. in my ear, do you know, sort of, and I can Braille away to my heart's content. It's great, do you know. Yeah, so. Very good. So just, I'm just interested in one of the things you, you said earlier, you, were, you mentioned this, um, if you were to give somebody advice, it would be to to kind of um, start learning the technology before you absolutely have to depend on it. And that's a that's a great piece of advice. Is there any other advice that you'd give somebody who's maybe um, coming to terms with sight loss? Maybe they've actually sort of had sight loss for a period of time, but maybe they're starting to get involved with technology now. Um, any particular advice that you'd, you'd give somebody who's starting off on that track? Well, I'd say go off and get as much training as you can, you know, sort of um, like I'm doing, I'm revisiting the ECDL at the minute, you know, sort of. Um, so go off and get as much training as you can in it. Um, speak to other guests involved, there's peer groups around and there's technology groups around, get involved with others to get information. Um, 
you know, like I wouldn't have known about the, the Be My Eyes app, only I heard about it through the National Council of the Blind, do you know, sort of. Yeah. The other thing right. is as well is take advantage of the work adaptation grant. Uh, there yeah. is a work adaptation grant available. Um, and we'd say, for instance, I have a Ruby XL Magnum, a little tiny, it's about six inches, seven inches um, that I use just to have a look at. We'd say like that if there was something written and to read it quickly or whatever. That's I wouldn't read a book with it now, do you know, that way, because again, I have to have it so big, do you know, that you lose yeah. sort of the, the fluidness of it um, and it's easier to read. I, audiobooks now, do you know, but um, yeah. I got that originally through the work adaptation grant, do you know, so um, so again, you can, there are, do you know, if people don't have, we'd say, medical cards or if they're working, do you know, sort of, and if they don't have sort of any entitlement, feel they don't have entitlements, that's one that they can get in, in, you know, to help them in the workplace. Yeah, very good. Well, there's some brilliant, uh, very practical advice there, Katrina, and uh, certainly really interesting to hear your experience and uh, and the variety of technology that you use in everyday life as well. We appreciate you uh, talking to us today, Katrina. That's great, too. Thanks very much. Very good. So that was interesting to hear from Katrina and particularly interesting just to hear how much technology has helped her, even though she was never particularly into technology, uh, all the different parts of her life that the technology has actually been some uh, assistance to her. So uh, we appreciate Petrina's uh, comments there. That was good. Now, uh, I think we have one or two questions that we're going to cover, so we'll invite Daniel to, to yeah. go through those. We do indeed. Um, just to say that that interview was lovely. Um, very well done to Petrina there. It's great hearing about her um, experiences and likewise to Miriam earlier on. Um, two, two fantastic mm. interviews today, Jude. Uh, well done. Uh, just in on the questions and answers panel, we've um, with Laura who wrote into us asking, is iPhone 5 still getting updates? So um, I suppose with the iOS, which would be the main operating system, the whole uh, software system for an iPhone, that's not coming to iPhone 5. Now there is iPhone 5S. I wonder did she is that um is that meant to be iPhone 5SE, Sean? Would you have uh, an idea there? I'm, I'm not sure. I know Laura sent that in there. I, I know the updates aren't going to the five, so I'm not sure if it was a 5S that she that she meant. But yeah, Laura can email us at labs. Um, I know I know she sent us a message earlier on, so we can follow that up through the labs email. Okay. It is, oh, okay. a, it is a 6S and up that should uh, be compatible with iOS 14. So she may she may consider upgrading as well if she has an older phone. Yeah. Okay. okay. And also we have in um, just as well something for the future that uh, somebody's um, requesting um, just a chat on the compass on the iPhone and uh, maybe the Suno band as well. If we could cover those at some some stage coming up into the future. So, um, yeah, we'll probably give those a little bit uh, in time to come. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Great to get that feedback as well. Uh, yeah, very good. 
So, uh, so that's our our um, questions and answers section for today. I think. Um, so, yeah. Anytime you have feedback as well, we always love to hear the feedback. Um, things that you'd like to see featured. Uh, it gives us great ideas for for the future. So, just like that one there, we appreciate it when we get that feedback in. And actually, just something else to do with um, that feedback and uh, any questions that you have. Before we go today, we just want to highlight a new feature that we're going to be covering on the show. We're we're going to be covering a kind of a, a tech help section each week. So it's a little bit like our question and answer section, um, but it doesn't have to be just tied to what you've heard on the show or any particular questions about what's on the show. You can email us in your IT issues and we'll address them live on our live event each week. But of course, for us to be able to answer your questions, you're going to need to be able to, to send them in to us. So if there's anything that you want covered, email us here at labs at ncbi.ie and uh, just reference the live event in the email somewhere if you'd like it covered live on the show and we look forward to, to hearing your uh, your thoughts or your your um, questions or problems there and uh, we'll to our paces, Jude, so it will. <laughs> yeah, that's it yeah keep us on our toes if you exactly. want to see us kept on our toes <laughs> i i feel like you should nearly nominate somebody who should answer it but i i, I think that's maybe opening too much of a <laughs> an open goal there for for people so just uh, send us through your problems and we'll uh, we'll sort them out so long as they're technology based and uh, accessibility based very good so um of course that's not the only way that you get support from us if you if you want to have any help with uh, any of the things that you do here on our live events or other devices, any other technology questions as well, you can always uh, get in touch with us on 1850 92 30 60 if you want to talk to us or of course you can email us on labs at ncbi.ie and uh, for our wider NCBI services you can call 1850 33 43 53 or email info at ncbi.ie. Of course, if you'd like to make a donation to support our services, you can also visit donate.ncbi.ie. And if you'd like to sponsor one of our live events, you can do that as well by contacting labs at ncbi.ie. And uh, that can help to, to keep our live events going. Now, just before we go, a, a quick reminder of what we're going to be talking about in uh, some of our future live events. We're going to be talking about the Connect 12. Now, that's a great little unit for distance viewing as well as close-up magnification ebooks, a whole lot more as well. We're going to be talking about that uh, on, uh, I think it's next week's show, but it's on one of our upcoming shows anyway. We'll be introducing NCBI Labs technology trainer Seamus Brett next week in our Meet the Team section. We'll be fulfilling his lifelong dream to be part of the NCBI Labs live event. So we look forward to hearing from Seamus Brett next week. And later in the month, we're going to be having a look at NaviLens. It's an interesting twist on the on something similar to the QR codes that many people use. It's got that accessibility twist, if you like, on, on those codes. So that'll be interesting to see how that works. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about the Black Friday event that's popular every year. What sort of things you can keep your eye open for. Just a reminder that our next live event is on next week. Of course, we're running weekly at the moment uh, and we will be doing all the way through um, November as well. So next Tuesday, November 10th at 2.30 p.m. 
course, if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening on our live events, as well as plenty more, you can subscribe to our newsletter as well. You can go to our website to uh, subscribe to that, or you can just email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to do that. So all that's left for me to do today is to thank our panel again today and uh, our guests as well. Of course, to everyone listening in as well. And we look forward to having you all back with us next week for another NCBI Labs live event.